Welcome to Modern Musings, Conversations with the Maiden, Mother, and Crone, where we look at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century. Welcome back to Modern Musings, Conversations with the Maiden, Mother, and Crone. I'm your host, Cindy Murray, and we are here with episode 10 of our second season. Can you believe we are 10 episodes in to our second, second season. season. Wow. Seems like and, yesterday. <laughs> and I'm here with Amber and Kristen, my co-hosts. And did I say I'm Cindy Murray? I hope I did. <laughs> um, now, you you Cindy. Cindy. <laughs> now you did. Um, so I, it's, it's great to be here. I'm so excited. We we're having so much fun with this podcast and I really want to thank you guys for coming back week after week because um, we're here because you listen and we love sharing our stories with you guys. And I'm so glad that, that you're here and that we have this conversation. And today we're kind of heading in a different area um, I want, I'm going to preface this by saying that, um, this all started as a creative writing prompt. Um, a couple of years ago, you I mean this episode, this episode, okay. yeah, the, the topic of this episode started as a creative writing prompt. And, um, I wanted to get back into my creative writing, something I had not done in 20 years, probably. Um, I used to love to write and at, in fact, at one point in time, I thought I wanted to be a novelist and I just kind of slowly gave up writing. I don't, don't even know why, but I wanted to get back into writing and I joined an Allie Edwards class called Just Write, um, where she would give us a prompt and the, and she would kind of give us some coaching, I guess, it, to, to write. Um, these were not fictional writing. It's, it's really more about telling the stories of our lives. And, um, so she would use common themes, um, common words as the prompt. And then your, your, the idea was for you to take that word and find stories within your life to tell the story of your life. So, um, the, the topic of this particular uh, class assignment was cup. And I wound up writing an essay that for me felt very profound because it kind of fit in with some things that I was thinking about and going through at the time. And so this is, we're, we're kind of taking a departure with this today. What I'm going to do, if you read the blog post on Monday, I actually posted this, um, essay that I wrote back in 2019 and I'm going to read it aloud today. And then we're going to start a discussion, um, based on my essay. And so we don't even know where this is really going to go. We just kind of, it's kind of like the creative writing prompt. It's just going to go wherever it organically decides to go. So um, here today is my essay from August of 2019 titled Cups. 
When you were a child, did you fill your glass to the brim so that it was too full and you couldn't move it without spilling? Did it seem terribly important to get those extra few sips into the cup, as if you might not have another glass of milk for a long time? Do you still do that today? I do. I can close my eyes and reflect on how many times I've tiptoed from the kitchen to my desk with a full cup of coffee sloshing against the brim, feeling the dribbles of sweet, creamy deliciousness trickling over my fingers, which I then lick off when I get back to my seat. Once I'm settled in, I take a big sip and savor the rich, warm mouthful, and I feel like it's worth the extra effort I took just to get it there. Sometimes I walk just a little too fast, or I turn the corner into my studio too jerkily, and a splash of that sumptuous goodness will slosh over the side, splatting on the floor, or even my clothes and shoes. I'm in such a hurry to get back to my routine that I forget how precious each little drop is, and instead waste it on a floor that has to be mopped, or clothes that now have to be changed and washed. I'm always disappointed when that happens, and it takes me away from both my planned work and the fulfillment of that first heavenly sip, because not only have I lost one precious sip, but by the time the mess is cleaned up, the coffee is no longer at the ideal temperature to evaporate on my tongue. That moment of sweet and savory satisfaction is gone. I've tried different things to combat the problem, but it always ends up the same. I've used a bigger cup in the mistaken belief that I will be satisfied with the same amount of coffee. But no, the cup just gets fuller and fuller, as if that extra inch or two of space below the rim is just begging to be filled, either with more coffee or more likely with more creamer. Pretty soon, I have the same problem, but with a bigger cup. It's as if the liquid delight magically expands to fill the space it's in. I think we sometimes have that same mentality in other areas of our lives. Our cups are full to overflowing, filled with activities, wants, needs, and whatever we can use to fill the space. We can't enjoy our pursuits without a little bit spilling out the sides and being wasted now and then. My daughter and I were discussing this very thing a few days ago. She had read an article about people who are perpetually late, which of course we both are. The report postulated that being late wasn't a symptom of someone with poor time management skills, but rather a personality trait of someone who can't be bothered to wait. Late people can't stand to do nothing or to kill time. Rather than waste that little bit of extra time waiting for the meeting to start or the doctor's office to open, we fill the available space with as much activity as we can. And sometimes, well, okay, most of the time, it backfires on us by overflowing into other activities, disrupting our plans and throwing everything off. I'm completely guilty of this. I schedule so many must-dos into each day that there's no possible way to get them all done. 
I arrive at every appointment at least five minutes late, and I can never seem to get where I'm going without running back into the house to pick up this, that, or the other that I left behind. I do it with my budget, seeing an extra $5 on my spreadsheet and thinking to myself, ooh, now I can get that, whatever it is that I think I need that winds up overdrawing my bank account because I forgot about that auto charge that hadn't gone through yet. I even do it with food. I'll order too much or I'll fill my plate too full just in case what I want doesn't fill me up. I'm so blinded by the potential of what I could put into my cup that I forget to stop and ask myself if I should. And honestly, most of the time I shouldn't. Selecting simplify as my one little word this year has been both a blessing and a curse. It's definitely an area I need to work on and it has proven to be quite the challenge. The only way I can truly simplify is to stop putting so much into the cup, to let there be empty spaces in my activities, in my time, in my heart. Only then can I begin to embrace the idea that less is more, that I don't have to fill all the available space, and that what I have is truly enough. Thanks for reading that. I Wow, that was great. I know. I love it. It um, reminds me. I mean, I am your daughter who reminds <laughs> me a lot of myself um, in so many ways. And there's there's so many things where I wanted to like say, oh, that's so me, you know. Um, <laughs> I think we can all relate to, um, you know, trying to stuff as much into our day, um, even, you know, with buying things too we can all relate to like that want for more um the desire to have all of it or um you know the bigger your house is the more things you put in it you know that that cup is is a metaphor for a lot of things in our lives and the one that really um has stood out to me is if you think about the cup as your day your 24-hour day um, every person needs sleep, right? You have to have so much sleep every day. Um, that you talk about the, um, empty space in your cup, you know, it always gets full, um, you know, and leaving a spot there for nothing, but it's really not nothing. It is something. There's always something there. It, the empty space serves a purpose. And, um, when you think about in your daytime, uh, for me, I struggle with forcing myself to go to sleep at nighttime. I just keep trying oh, to do yeah. one more thing, one Me more too. thing. Me too. Me and, too. I'm, I'm and my totally cup, there with you. My cup is, my coffee in my cup is really like all the activities that I try to force myself to do. And that little empty space that you leave to keep things from overflowing is my sleep. And that, I think I deprive myself of that empty space that is necessary to keep my cup from spilling everywhere because you have to have good rest in order to recharge yourself every day. And I, I agree. And I, I rob myself of sleep also and downtime. Um, you know, there's, there's always so much work to be done and the house needs to be cleaned. And I, do you think that women 
are more guilty of this than men are. Definitely. Um, I, yeah. I feel, I feel like we are, uh, and maybe some of you male listeners can, can chime in on the conversation. Um, I would be interested to know if any of you do can this relate. too. Yeah. Can you relate to that? Um, I know my husband can to a certain extent because, um, last year he did a 365 project. So in case those of you don't uh, no, my husband, Mark Murray, um, is also known as Borg Billy or Sonic Biscuit. Um, and he is uh, a musician and a recording engineer. And he spent last year doing a 365 project where he composed, performed, recorded, and posted a song a day or a track a day, as he liked to call it every day for the entire year. And it started out, you know, as this, it was a goal for him and a, and a creative challenge, obviously, but it, um, it, I don't think he knew what kind of toll it was going to take on him. By the end of the year, he was flat out exhausted because a lot of times he would be up at two, three, four in the morning trying to get that track done. Um, and, and it, he really did rob himself of sleep. Now it was a phenomenally successful project and, um, and I won't go into that here. Um, but if you're interested, I will link, um, information about that over on the blog. Um, he's, he's really a great musician, but so I, I know that he did, rob himself of sleep like that. He, he tried to cram a lot in there because he was working full time. He was also developing, um, creative audio tech, which is the, um, the musical entity that he did that created our, um, theme music, which you hear on the podcast every week. And he, as an audio engineer, he has also, um, advised us and assisted us with our audio, uh, engineering issues. So, um, you know, I, I do know that he robbed himself of some of that sleep because he was doing all those things. He was also a boy scout leader. He also has a fitness routine and, um, we were taking care of a friend of ours who had cancer. So, um, it, it did take its toll but he filled his life. He filled his cup with all those things. But I, I don't know a lot of men who do. And the reason I ask if you think it's a female thing is because I think as women, um, we have been kind of brainwashed since the women's liberation in the sixties to believe that women can have it all. We can have the stay at home life and the work life and, uh, you know, full house full of kids and bustling family full of activities and crafts and all the things, girl time that we do. Um, yeah, I do think that we all, um, are a little bit more prone to doing that. I wonder if that's that hunter gatherer thing. A lot of times we have discussions when we talk about like um, men versus women and their differences. A lot of things bring it down to the hunter gatherer 
Right. And men are um, from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah. You know, but if you think about for a gatherer, say for instance, you have your cup or your apron or whatever it is that you're carrying and you're out there gathering, you know, nuts and berries away from your tribe, you know, small way away. You're going to want to fill that up as much as you can because you don't want to go back and then go back again. Um, you know, I think women sometimes use that left side of the brain that says, well, if I can do this all at one time, uh, it'll be more efficient or um, I'll let me multitask or let me buy two for one and I'll figure out where to stick this extra giant pack of paper towels you know in my house and then it becomes another thing and another thing and uh you know we end up having like you know 20 bathroom towels um so that we don't have to wash laundry like 15 times a week you know it's a little things like that and i think you know that we just continually try to optimize until it's too much i mean at what point does your optimization become a hindrance right right you know well and i i think part of it comes like i said i think we've been brainwashed to think that we're supposed to have it all we're supposed to want it all um mm-hmm. and and is that a is that a part of us thinking that um well men just work and come home and and they're not really the nurturers or the whatever but we we are the perfect nurturers, you know, is that, um, and we're going back to the ego, um, and Eckhart Tolle, you know, um, and we may talk about that a little bit, um, in our next episode, but, um, the, the, the fact that we need to prove to the world that we can be the perfect employee, the perfect mother, the perfect wife, and in order to do that, you know, we have to, we have to just put more and more and more and more and more. And, and is it also a product of our consumer, uh, Definitely. consumerist society Consumerism. that we want more, 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 um, you know, the, the media teaches us that we want more, more, more. We watch people on TV who seem to have it all um our our heroes are on tv shows or whatever that they are working women who have great jobs and fulfilling relationships and clean organized homes yes and all these things and and so we're like very much conditioned to expect that and want that out of our lives and I, I'm going to be the first to say that I think it's impossible. I don't think we are humanly capable of having it all. And I say that from the standpoint of someone who did work outside the home when I had children at home. Um, and then I quit working outside the home and stayed home to raise my children and saw the profound difference in my children's lives when I stayed home with them to raise them. Mm -hmm. And even now having multiple businesses and multiple endeavors and no children at home, I find it very difficult to do all the things I need to do. And again, my sleep suffers for it. My mental state suffers for it. Um, I, you know, I, 
find myself stressed out. And I sit here and I watch Amber, who's been trying to do all these things. You know, she has a, a very complicated job where it's not just teachers obviously do not just teach during the school day. They have after school activities and spelling bees that they run and things like that. And, and she's like almost falling asleep while we're trying to do things, you know, because she is just so exhausted and she's also giving time to her, um, boyfriend and things like that. And, and she's single and she doesn't even have children and it's too much. So, you know, yeah. and I, I watch Kristen who has a, a young family and she has a, a house to clean and three dogs and a child and a job, a demanding job. And she's doing modern musings, which requires us to spend time recording. We have to spend time writing the blogs. We, we, um, work on the social media and the graphics and things like that. So, And then there's other hobbies and things that I like to do. Because she likes to scrapbook and quilt and things like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, how the heck do you do it? Hobbies, what are those? Um, You know, when I work... <laughs> I am your hobby, Amber. <laughs> Y'all are my hobby. I don't have a hobby. I don't have a life. I am a slave but that's i think that's the sacrifice that we all choose to make that little free space what are we willing i can add this extra hobby on or this extra thing that i'm gonna volunteer to sign up for and it may spill over the side of the cup hopefully no one notices right right well and sometimes things do you know it's it's not just the the sleep that slips sometimes the dishes don't get washed or the laundry sits in the basket on the or you forget to pay a bill or so things slip yeah you know you you make that ugly splash and sometimes it's dirty and sometimes it's really ugly um it is it normal? Did those did those kind of things happen to to people before? Uh, you know, um, I'm I'm like thinking back before, before the internet, like, before and the internet, yeah, before the internet, before women's liberation, when women were just working at home and taking care of their children. Did those you know? Did women forget? Oh God, I gotta bake those cakes for the bake sale. Um, I didn't do it. Oh no. What am I going to do? You know, did those things happen? Um, did June Cleaver have those kinds of problems or is that a modern problem of, of this society that we live in and, and that desire to have it all and the, the perfect life, the perfect female, the perfect or male. Um, I don't want to exclude our male listeners out there because, you know, there's, like I said, my husband was one of them, and he had a lot of things going on. Still does, always. But um, but we lis- we miss out on a lot of sleep, and we forget to do things, and sometimes the gutters don't get cleaned out on the house, or the yard doesn't get mowed because we're busy. And I don't know how much of that happened before, or if it's just this society that we're in. What do you Our guys? Our busybody society. Um, I feel like mm, the older I get, the bigger my cup gets and the more I put in it. It's just Mm -hmm. like the house analogy. The bigger your house is, the more stuff you pile in it. 
every time I find a moment of free time, I fill it. You with fill something. it with something, and, and yeah. that's that's that whole thing about being late all the time. It's the same same problem that I've I've always had that problem, and maybe because I I do you know struggle with you know some ADD. Sometimes you know mental health can be your cup that overflows too. Yeah. Um, you know, letting, um, you know, your obsessive compulsive disorder start to take a run with your life or, you know, if you're bottling up, um, emotions mm-hmm. and your cup's going to overflow, you have to have room in there. Right. To you expand. have to decompress. Yeah. Um, cause that pressure just builds and builds and builds. Yeah. Amber, have yeah. you ever had uh, a time in your life where you felt like your cup was full? <laughs> um, all summer. I mean, other than the fact that I uh, was moving because it took all summer. But um, off. aside from that, you know, all of my friends, family, they were all busy doing their own thing and I uh, really didn't have much to do over the summer, and I was bored. Mm-hmm. And A now, yeah. yeah, and now I am closer in to the end of the school year. Th- state testing's coming. Things are starting to pick up. And, you know, aside from that, I've got my own personal life. I've got family, my grandma. I've got different things and my cup is definitely overflowing. So sometimes I miss back to last summer when I was like, man, I wish for those days that, uh, you know, all I had to do was move some boxes, unpack some boxes, and then I could go do what I wanted to. Got a little bit more freedom, you know. Yeah. You signed up for more things this year with extra school well, stuff, yeah, I mean, and I, I really yeah. didn't. I have about the the same thing every year, maybe. Um, well, your after school thing. Yeah, yeah, my after school thing. But like, uh, I think uh, I don't really know because I uh, have like a uh, different things going on in my life than. Yeah, it's a I new did. year for you this yeah, year. Yeah, than, yeah. I, than I did before. So it's sometimes hard to navigate that, like the changes that have happened. So you actually have to keep in your scenario, your life, you have a f- cup that's only like halfway full. So you could be more fluid in a sense. You can make room for whatever comes at you. You go on a date or have something fun to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, you're talking about your summer and, and how you were bored. And it, it makes I mean, me, I was still busy, but I right. was still but I, but you mentally know, maybe bored. Right. When I was younger, like when Kristen was a baby, um, I was a stay-at-home mom at that time. And, and you're talking, we're talking the early 80s. So um, we lived in a small town. I did not have a telephone. We did not have a phone at our house. Um, And we had one car between me and my husband and he took it to go to work. So I was at home all day 
um, every day I was at home by myself with the child, nobody to talk to. And I literally was bored out of my mind. I mean, I loved being a mom, but there's, you know, there's only so much going on. I didn't have anybody to talk to. I had some hobbies. I did crochet. I watched TV. I liked to sing, you know, things like that. Um, I cleaned my house, but I was bored. And I, I actually went, um, to work when, when I, uh, actually before I got divorced, I started working and I decided that I just couldn't be a stay at home mom because there wasn't enough to fulfill me. And so I started working at that point and I, I vowed that I would not ever be at that point where I was bored ever again. So when my son was getting ready to graduate and I, I actually did become a stay at home mom again, but I filled my life with things with my children. Cause by then they were involved with school. I did PTA. I was on the booster clubs. I did all those things to keep myself from being bored. And, and I was still doing a lot of hobbies, scrapbooking, crochet, things like that. So when my son was about to graduate, I was afraid that I would be bored after he graduated because I wouldn't have booster clubs and Boy Scouts. And, um, well, I wasn't that involved with the Boy Scouts at that point, but I had been. And, but I was just really afraid I was going to be bored. And that was what prompted me to start my travel agency because I was afraid I would be bored. And I haven't been bored a day since then or any of the days before when I was raising my children. It was only those those formative years for, for Kristen when we were in this, you know, trailer house with no phone and no car and and all that. But I think I've I think part of my filling my cup has been that fear of being bored. And I, I need those challenges. I need that mental stimulation. That's interesting that you bring that up, that, that uh, you're filling your cup in uh, fear. You yeah. know, uh, in a, what do you call that? Uh, not necessity, but um, scarcity. scarcity. It's a it's scarcity, a scarcity mindset uh, that kind of brings back to like putting too much food on your plate or over ordering. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people suffer from that well, because and I, of overeating I talk about disorders that because of scarcity in mindset. The, in the in the essay that yeah, I I will go to a restaurant and. I can't decide whether I want the enchilada or the tacos. So I order the big platter that has both because what if I get the enchilada and it doesn't taste good? Or what if I get the taco and it's not enough? And so I will often over order at mm -hmm. the restaurant or wherever because I'm afraid there won't be enough. And it's a scarcity thing, but it's, it's still that filling the cup. I've done that too. Um, and that, you know, we do that with everything. I do that with my budget. I do that with my time. I do that with um, yeah. whatever. And exactly. I've even done it with sleep, oddly enough. And, you know, I sort myself on sleep. But then I'll also oversleep because this may be the only chance I get sleep. And so it's it's kind of a weird thing. 
And there's so many things that you could apply that to that we fill ourselves up with all these things. And in the essay, I talk about how um, simplifying was my word of the year and that it was really supposed to be about eliminating all those extra things. I don't think I did a very good job of that. Um, <laughs> I actually, I'm rolling my eyes yes, at you because, because I, I think you added more things. I did add more plate. things. And, and I think Kristen has talked about that with her word of the year too, that her word was less and that sometimes it brought making more. Less, it brought more. Um, but it, it is it trying to open up that space and let that space just be there. That, and be okay that with it and understand how important it is. Yeah, it, and it and it is. It's really a cushion of time. Allowing yourself that um, extra time going into the doctor's appointment or whatever is really a protection to allow for things to change. Because if you give yourself that extra time before the appointment, in case there's traffic and you're late, or in case you need to quickly stop at the gas station and fill up with gas, allowing that space, um, that scheduling space in your time allows for mishaps to happen and things to change or a different route. Maybe there's traffic on the way to the doctor's office and you have to go a longer way to get there. And building that time in is not unproductive. It's actually more productive, but we just need to learn to do that. Yeah, because you end up getting to your desk with all of the coffee and no waste. Right. Or you get to the doctor's appointment early and you sit for five minutes extra. But while you're sitting there for five minutes extra, you could be on your phone or you could close your eyes and take a five minute nap. So it's it's really not wasted. And we, we actually talked about that a while back about changing the route and building more time into my daily errand schedule, um, putting less errands in the day and building more space between more time between each of the errands so that, you know, if I have an extra 15 minutes before um, it was time to visit my mom and I have to sit there and wait before I can go in or whatever, I could actually use that time productively still after I get there rather than trying to cram all these things into my schedule put less things in my schedule and then use the time, the extra time when it actually does occur. So that's kind of a goal setting, you know, productivity tip there. Maybe, I don't know. Um, it's a complicated question and I'm, I'm really anxious to hear, uh, what you guys have to say. Um, I'd love it if you'd come over on the blog or on the Instagram or our Facebook group. Um, we'll, we'll have links on the blog, go to modernmusings.net and um, we'll have all the links there where you can contact us and share with us your thoughts. 
on overfilling your cup. So, coming up next week on the blog, we're back to our book about Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. We will be looking at chapters three and four. And we will be discussing that. So if you are following along with us on the book, check out chapters three and four. And if you have any questions, hop on over to our website and give us any questions you have. We will get back to you guys next week and uh, discuss, continue discussing our book. Also, we want to give a shout-out to Rimshot Graphics, Creative Audio Tech, and... Red Door Studios yes. for our music, our artwork, and all the equipment that they rent to us, and all the assistance with our audio. Um, you guys are great. We appreciate it very, very much. And um, we also have links for those guys over on the blog, so... Um, if you're in need of any of that stuff, head on over to the blog and you can check them out. Check them out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's it for this week. And thanks for listening. We're so we glad that you joined you. us. Yes. We, we do appreciate you. And, and come on over and continue this conversation. We really, really want to hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. And don't forget, we also have a Facebook group. MMC chat. So yes. please join that group and, and come chat with us. Yeah, we would come love chat. shout to, out to us. Yeah, we would love to hear what you have to say. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.